Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris. And I'm Kelsey. And today we have three new emails to read, and two of them are like totally roasting you. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. They're they're <laughs> very nice. They're not roasting you. Um, but we're gonna save those for the end of the episode, like we did last time. And today I have the story of Kara Robinson for you. Interesting. I've never heard of her, but I'm excited. Well, you know what else is interesting? What happened to me at work today? So I was just at work in the back folding boxes waiting for my next delivery and then the power just goes out and then the power was out for two whole hours <laughs> and they didn't want to send us home they made us just stay there so i just sat at the store for two hours folding boxes in the dark while watching paramount plus on my phone that's always a fun work day i mean it was fun because it wasn't hard work but as a delivery driver you know i only get minimum wage plus tips but right. if the power's out i don't get any deliveries which means i get no tips so that was kind of inconvenient but it wasn't too bad i mean i had a pretty good day uh the closing driver ended up calling out so not only did i open i stayed all the way till close and now it's 12 30 a.m and we are recording a podcast episode <laughs> Woohoo! Dude, that reminds me of when i was like 17 working at sonic it was my first real job and i hated that job so much but one day the power went out for like six or seven hours. And that was the most fun day ever there. Like that was my best day at Sonic. Wow. They kept y'all there for six or seven hours with no power? I don't power? think they kept. Um, no, it was it was out for like six or seven hours total. I think it, it was actually out before I arrived at work. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, the McDonald's across the street. They sent people home like 20 minutes after the power went out. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't call me telling me to like not come in. Um, another thing is I'm just really enjoying this spooky season. Um, it just got really cold and rainy and I'm reading Stephen King's The Shining and it is perfect. Yes, we finally got some fall vibes here yes. in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> 
one more amazing thing before we get started. We got a new Patreon today or pa- patron, I guess. So Maryland, Mar- Maryland, Maryland, That's the state. <laughs> Maryland joined the $10 tier. Um, we thought about having different tiers for our patrons, but you know what? I think we're just going to call all of our patrons like the proxies because the first true crime case, I can't talk today. The first <laughs> true crime case we covered was the Slenderman stabbing and Slenderman has his proxies and these people help support us. So I'm going to call our patrons our proxies. So Marilyn, welcome to the group of proxies. Yes, welcome. Okay, so I do have a trigger warning here. Be careful out there is a true crime podcast, so listener discretion is always advised. This particular case does include the sexual assault of a minor. We won't be giving any graphic details, but we will give a heads up when we get to that point in case you want to skip ahead. And this episode also does include suicide, so we will let you know when we reach that part of the story as well. Kara Robinson was born on September 3rd, 1986. When Kara was 15 years old on June 24th, 2002, she was at a friend's house and her friend was actually taking a shower and one of the chores that they were given to do today by their friend's mother was water the plants outside. So while her friend was taking a shower, she was outside watering some bushes and plants. (laughs) Great friend. I love watering plants. Like it's super relaxing. I love my little garden. I love the idea of just like inviting a friend over. As a kid, just to like do your chores for you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I doubt that's what happened, but like, that's really funny. Somewhere that is happening. So this was in West Columbia, South Carolina. And then that's when a Pontiac Trans Am drove out of the neighborhood and then turned around and drove back into the neighborhood and pulled into the driveway. A man exited the vehicle wearing jeans, a button-down shirt, and a baseball cap. He was in his late 30s and offered Kara some pamphlets. He said that he was there to pass out some pamphlets, and he asked her, Are your parents home so I can leave these with them? And she said, Well, this isn't my house. It's actually a friend's house. And he said, Okay, well, are her parents home? And Kara said, No, her mom isn't home at the moment. That's when the man pulled out a gun and pressed it to Kara's neck before forcing her into a large storage bin in the back seat of his car. What? This all happened from the time it pulled into the driveway to talking to her, putting her in the bin, and pulling out of the driveway took less than two minutes. And the other girl's still taking a shower. The other girl's taking a shower. Now, the neighbor next door was actually outside in his backyard doing some work, and he actually saw all this happen. Uh, The neighbor didn't see the gun. He just saw her getting into a man's car, walking with the guy who had his arm around her. So he just assumed that this was someone she knew and she was getting in the car willingly because that's what it looked like from his perspective. So Kara was actually initially considered a runaway teen instead of being a kidnapped missing child. Interesting. As a child home alone, you should never tell a stranger that there are no parents home. Not saying this to blame Kara in any way for what happened to her. What happened to her was 100% the responsibility of the sick fuck that kidnapped her. But yeah, kids should never tell people that they're home alone. Hopefully there's no kids listening to this podcast. But if you're parents and you have kids, well, hopefully you've already made sure that they know that. And don't say that the... 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dog is nice. So speaking of this sick fuck that kidnapped her, who is he? Well, I don't want to give him any attention as he is the lowest level of human scum. So if you want to know his name, Feel free to look up Kara Robinson and you'll find his name in about 0.2 seconds. But for us, we want to focus on Kara and her story. So we're going to refer to the perpetrator as the first initial of his last name. So we're just going to call him E. I actually got the idea to do that from Philip DeFranco when there's like a mass shooter. He prefers not to show pictures of them or say their name because he doesn't want more people to be encouraged to go out and do that to become famous or whatever. So he prefers to avoid names. And I think I kind of want to try and do that whenever I can with these stories. Obviously, there are probably going to be times where it's necessary to say the person's name or if we cover more like well-known cases like Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer, we'll end up saying those names because those names are so far out there. Um, But in this case, I had never heard of this guy before and I wish I never had, so we're just going to call him E. (laughs) So after being stuffed into the storage bin, Kara was able to stay calm and focus on gathering as much information as possible. She started counting turns that he made so that way she could hopefully find her way home. But then she noticed him merging onto the freeway and she kind of abandoned that idea because on the freeway, it's really hard to tell how fast you're going, how far you're going, so it's kind of hard to know exactly where you're at, especially when you can't see because you've been stuffed in a storage bin she also noticed several other details like he was listening to a classic rock station smoking marble reds she even memorized the serial number on the inside of the plastic container that he had forced her into good i mean you gotta have some reading material while you're in there i guess kara said that her survival mechanism really kicked in and her fear barely even registered She said that the human will to survive cannot be underestimated. That's actually really cool that we have that information from her. Yes, it's very interesting. It's kind of like when people die and come back, like those are the best people to talk to because like they know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, they have an idea. Yeah, there's always the thing that it's like, oh, well, if you were able to be brought back, were you like really exactly like they weren't gone, gone. A lot of people question, like, is that the chemicals in your brain as it thinks you're dying, but then you get resuscitated. So who's to say that what those people see is real? But some of them say they see some pretty intense things. Still be interesting to talk with them. Oh, yeah, for sure. It really is amazing how Kara's brain worked in this situation. 
but we're all different. Uh, for a different person, they could have been so scared that they would just freeze and not be able to do anything or remember any of these key details. And nobody really knows how they would react to a situation like this until they're put in one. And often how somebody would react would boil down to their genetics and how they're wired as a person. I definitely believe that. Yeah. I feel like so, there's a lot about um, just our personalities, too, that you can trace back to, like, the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So E took Kara to his apartment, but along the way, he stopped to handcuff Kara and put a gag in her mouth and even bind her legs with leg restraints. To me, this seems like he was trying to spend as little time at the abduction site as possible. The longer he's at the abduction site, the more likely it is that somebody will see him, notice his car, take down a license plate, etc. So it seems like this either wasn't his first time kidnapping someone, or at the very least, he had really thought it through and didn't want to waste any time handcuffing and gagging her at the actual abduction site. And then, obviously, it's clear that he thought this through because he had the storage bin to begin with. Yeah. So definitely very premeditated. Just like, why her? I'm so interested in that. See, I that I don't know about. I don't know if there was... I don't know if it was premeditated for him to abduct her. It doesn't really sound like it. The fact that she just happened to be there at a friend's house that day. I think he was just kind of prepared for this and was just looking for the right victim yeah. but I wonder that's if just he, like, me speculating I really don't know I mean you said he had pamphlets so theoretically he could have gone to like several different places mm -hmm. to like pick a victim that is so disgusting okay so after being bound and gagged he told her to scream as loud as she could and with the gag in her mouth she couldn't really scream um, and so he was like, okay, get back in the bin. And then he put the lid on all the way. The first time he hadn't really put the lid on completely. Um, he had just kind of put it over, uh, but he put it on all the way this time. And then they drove a few more minutes and then she felt the trunk being lifted out of the car and then go be drug over a threshold. So oh she knew she God. was being pulled into his apartment. This is a nightmare. Absolutely. Also imagine being given orders. By the fucker who kidnapped you. Yeah, for real. But her ability to stay calm in this scenario was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm so impressed. Okay, so now that E has her in his apartment, this is probably uh, the time you may want to skip forward based on the trigger warning I gave earlier. So we're going to wait a second here for anyone who wants to skip. So obviously at this point he did sexually assault Kara. Like I said, we're not going to go over any graphic details or anything like that. In total, Kara was at E's apartment for about a total of 18 hours. Kara actually had a plan. Her plan was to stay calm, stay relaxed, get on his good side, so that way he would become complacent and then she could escape. That was yeah. her plan all along. She said... She has no idea where this came from. This isn't stuff that was taught to her. This was just mm -hmm. her natural instincts just yeah. kicking in. So some of the things she noted were the animals in his apartment, a guinea pig, a lizard, other small animals. I think she said maybe there was a parrot there. That is a very interesting combination of animals. Not a lot of people have all of those different <laughs> diverse kind yeah. of animals, especially not in one particular apartment complex. So that kind of narrows it down. Yeah, we just sort of stick to dogs and fish in this apartment. So one of the weirder things that 
Kara experienced while with E in his apartment was he pulled out a yellow legal notepad and sat down with her and asked her a bunch of questions and wrote them all down. Where do you live? Where does your friends live? Like, what's your address? What are your parents' names? Just a bunch of random questions. I think one of the ones he asked her was, have you had your first period yet? When was your last period? Things like that. Just a bunch of random like questions. Like the thing that the fucking doctor asks you? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> and uh, he wrote all this down on a yellow legal notepad. which it would be so uncomfortable. That was pretty weird. Some things, some other things that Kara had noticed in the apartment. She noticed a hairbrush with long red hair, tampons, and hairspray. So it seemed evident that a woman lived here as well. Or he just kidnapped them regularly. Would a kidnapper provide tampons and no. hairspray? I seriously I doubt it. Say- <laughs> I'm just saying stuff. So, oh, I guess I kind of skipped over this part. So in the apartment, um, E, when he took her out of the storage bin, uh, he told her that he would always have a gun or some sort of weapon on him. So he told her, do not make a noise like you cannot yell you cannot scream do you understand and she nodded her head yes and it was at that point that he took the gag out took the handcuffs off of her and took off the leg restraints but at one point he needed to make a phone call so he actually put the gag back in and told her she had to get in the bin and be quiet and this was the one moment where panic actually set in for Kara Um, she felt like she couldn't breathe and she started to have a panic attack. And so she was like crying and clearly making noise at this point. So E came out at this point and opened the bin and was like, what are you doing? Why are you making noise? And she said, this is the only time that she actually saw him visibly angry. She said for the most part, he was actually very pleasant to her. So she explained that she couldn't feel like she could breathe. So he promised to take the gag out as long as she remained quiet while he was on the phone. Well, it turned out he was actually on the phone with his wife. So that's why he needed her to be quiet, because if she made any noise at all, the wife would find out about all of this. Interesting. Now I'm just really curious, like, is the wife a good person? Like, she does not know about any of this. Honestly, in all of my research, the wife was barely mentioned at all, so I really don't think she knew anything about any of these events. So one of the things that happened in the apartment was E was making some food and told her, you're going to have to eat something while you're here. And she said, okay, well, I'm not going to eat right now, but is there anything I can help you with? And she ended up sweeping his kitchen. So this was kind of her plan to start gaining his trust. She was very polite, very respectful, very calm. And she was like, yeah, I'm not hungry right now, but what else can I do? And so he had her sweep the kitchen. While sweeping the kitchen, one of the other details she took note of were magnets on the fridge for his doctor and his dentist. So a lot of very good details here that she's gathering. Yeah. So we're kind of going to jump forward here. (laughs) So the next morning, Kara wakes up. There's morning light coming through the curtains. E is asleep beside her. She is fully restrained at this point. Her hands are in handcuffs and they are attached to the bed frame with a quick link that had like a screw that could be undone to like unfasten it. So she was actually able to undo the screw with her teeth because she couldn't get her hands out of the handcuffs. 
And then she was able, once her hands were free from the bedpost, she was able to undo the leg restraints. She got out of bed, went and she was wearing one of E's shirts at the time. She found her shorts in the living room, put them on, and then went out the front door. She said there was a closet that was open and stuff kind of strewn about. And so she had to very quickly close the closet door to get it out of the way undo the deadbolt on the door, open the door, and get out of the apartment, all while E was sleeping in a room by a window, and the window looked out at this front door. So she has to be fast and quiet and obviously is probably terrified at it's this like point. like a whole heist that she had to plan out just to like get out the front door. I mean, luckily she was so laser focused, it doesn't seem like the fear really held her back, but... You've got to imagine there's some level of fear there. Even if she's not processing it at the moment, she's trying to push it out or her brain is pushing it out for her. Like there's still got to be a baseline level of fear there. Just think of like all that adrenaline though coming Mm -hmm. for free. (laughs) Well, so she got, she actually made it out of the apartment and just took off running across the parking lot where she found a car. And so she waved them down at this point. She has gotten one hand out of the handcuffs. So she waves down this car um, that has a middle-aged man with a teenage boy in the car. And she said, my name's Kara Robinson. I've been kidnapped. I escaped from that apartment right there. Remember that apartment? Because she's already trying to remember so much stuff. She's already taken down so many details. She said, remember that apartment right there. I escaped from that apartment. And they were like, okay, what do you want us to do? And she said, take me to the police station. So they took her to the police station. Um, Apparently, the people who brought her to the police station didn't go in with her so she went in and she was kind of wandering around and somebody was like can i help you miss miss can i help you and so there was a colonel there so she told the colonel what happened that she had been kidnapped and the colonel started asking her questions taking down all of her information because obviously they want to do that as soon as possible because the sooner they can get those details for you the more likely those details are going to be more accurate um, so they have better information to go on. Right, of. exactly. Yeah, so he was having trouble finding her in the missing person system because she was actually assumed to be a runaway teen. There hadn't really been news coverage or anything like this. It wasn't widely known that she was missing. Mm-hmm. And you said she spent like 18 hours with that man, right? 18 hours, yes. Yeah. So the colonel then called an investigator in her jurisdiction and then taken into the next jurisdiction over. So... The colonel called an investigator. The investigator came and undid her handcuffs and he told her the people who brought you. So apparently they did talk to the man and son at some point, even though Kara said they didn't go in the building. So I'm not really sure when they spoke to those people, but the investigator informed her the people who brought you don't know what apartment you came from. Do you think you would be able to identify it? And she really wasn't confident that she would be able to identify They didn't know the apartment? They didn't know the apartment. I thought that was the one thing they had. That's the one thing. That's the one thing she told them (laughs) to remember. Did they not have like a phone they could pull out and like snap a picture of the apartment? Well, this was 2002. So So they might not have. They may not have. (laughs) They had their flip phones, but I don't know if they had cameras. (laughs) So she knew the apartment was a bottom left apartment but a lot of apartment complexes have multiple buildings that all look very similar so she wasn't confident that she would be able to identify the apartment Mm -hmm. so the investigator took her back to the complex which honestly has to be 
super fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know if this guy is still around. You know he, at the very least, has a gun. And, like, what if he just sees you? And, yeah, I wouldn't want to go. That that would just be so scary. So she actually was not able to identify the apartment. But they saw a maintenance guy driving around on a golf cart type thing. And uh, they stopped him and asked him. They were like, we're looking for the apartment um, it has a man. He's about this height, this age. A redheaded woman lives there. He has these pets. And the maintenance man immediately knew which apartment The it was. maintenance people know everything. Yeah. One yeah. time um, I was delivering to a complex full of like houseboats because we live near the Columbia River. And uh, yeah, I remember like looking around for like the house number that I needed. And this lady just walked out and she's like, she didn't ask what unit. No, she said, who are you looking for? And I told her the name and she told me the exact house. I don't know if she was like the landlady or maintenance, but like they know where everyone lives. That sounds like a pretty tight knit community. If you yeah. can say the name and she knows exactly know. where they are. Okay. So like I said, the maintenance man was immediately able to identify the apartment. And then from all the information that the police gathered, they were pretty easily able to identify the man They show Kara a photo lineup, and she is able to identify E in this photo lineup. So they're confident they've got their guy. This man was completely unknown to police before this incident. They had no idea who this guy was or anything about him. That's surprising, because I feel like with a lot of these cases that I research, like it's a bunch of like repeat offenders. Like maybe not repeat like murderers, but they have like 17 other things that they've been turned in for already. Wow. So at this point, E was already gone. I'm assuming he woke up, saw that Kara was gone and knew he was in trouble and just bolted. So he was on the run for a few days until his sister in Florida turned him in. Remember, this all happened in South Carolina. He was actually supposed to be meeting his sister in Florida, but because she sold him out, police were able to stake the place out. And then E went on the run again, leading to a brief police chase. They used stop sticks to stop E's vehicle, causing him to crash, and they released a police dog on him. All right, the second part of our trigger warning that we mentioned, we're about to go over that here. So if you need to skip ahead about a minute, please do so. So the police dog bit E's arm and then let go and went to bite his leg. And at some point between the police dog letting go of his arm and the police dog grabbing his leg, E shot and killed himself. So at this point, E is gone, which is good. Good riddance. Adios. Get out of here. (laughs) Um, But that's not the end of the story. So the police enter E's apartment. And in a locked box, they find some newspaper clippings of some murders from Virginia and some weirdly handwritten notes. Oh, that's so creepy. What? Now, mind you, they find these newspaper clippings, they find these handwritten notes, but one thing that was never found was the yellow legal notepad with all the answers to the questions that he asked Kara. And I was wondering, did she give, like, honest answers, or did she just make up a bunch of stuff? Um, That, I have no idea, but I think because she was trying to get on his good side, 
and get him to kind of let his guard yeah. down. I'm assuming she gave truthful answers. That would be a tough decision to have to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, that would be a tough decision. Telling a guy who just kidnapped you your address. I know, like, yeah, that's she's trying scary. to play it just perfectly right. Mm-hmm. That's like she had to make all of these decisions like so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just so impressed and I'm so happy that she got away. So after finding these clippings, uh, police contacted investigators in Virginia and they were able to positively connect E to the case of these three murders. So E not only kidnapped Kara, but he was actually a serial killer (gasps) because he had killed three other girls. Okay, so something I forgot to give a trigger warning for was for child death. So we are going to be talking about that for a minute. So if you need to skip forward two or three minutes, please go ahead and do so. So E was positively linked to the murders of three girls in Virginia. We'll go ahead and say their names here because they're victims and they their name should definitely be out there. So there was 12-year-old Sarah Margaret Cherry. And then sisters, Kristen Michelle Lisk, or Christy, and then Catherine Nicole Lisk, or Katie. He was positively identified as the murderer of those three children, making him a serial killer. So basically, we can assume that um, if Kara hadn't gotten away, he probably had planned to kill her. That's insane. And like, oh my God, like, I'm just thinking about the fact that he had a wife how much did she know of of like any of this? I have no idea. Like from, probably nothing, but like I just that's so sad. Of all the different articles and resources I looked at, none of them really mentioned the wife. I don't think any of them even said her name. I think the most detailed description we got of her was that she has red hair. Um so I think the police probably investigated her pretty heavily. And the fact that her name isn't really out there as much in the public spotlight. I mean, I bet if you really dig for it, you could probably find her name. I just specifically wasn't looking for it. I'm yeah, assuming like, the think... police did their investigation. And the fact that her name isn't out there as much, I'm assuming she had nothing to do with it. Right. It's just so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you... <laughs> and also... Because we don't know much about the wife, we don't know how long they were married or things like that. So the murders could have taken place before they were together. Like, we really don't know. Yeah, I'm just so curious. But Kara does believe that E could have been responsible for even more murders. And if you look at E's, like, wiki page where they talk about him, they list his victims as three to six plus. So, who knows? One of Kara's passion projects is to try to identify people that could have been victims of E to kind of bring some closure to their family. That's just one of her uh, many passion projects. So obviously Kara survived and she's talked a lot about this because a lot of the details I have given were kind of from her perspective, things that we wouldn't know without her. Kara has a lot of things going on, but she actually this year started a podcast with Kimberly Corbin and it's called Survivor's Guide to True Crime. Wow. Yes. So they are going 
they're doing a true crime podcast, but from survivors' perspectives and talking to survivors about their experiences and things like that. So there was... That sounds so cool. Yes. So the first episode of their podcast is Kara going over her story. And then the second episode is Kimberly going over hers. There were a lot of really interesting details in Kara's episode about how she processed things, how she was processing things in the moment, how her brain was working, how her memory works now based on like looking back on the situation, um, the struggles she had afterwards or how she coped with it afterwards. And because she has put that out there in her own words with her own podcast, I didn't feel that it was right for me to try and tell her perspective of how her brain and things work. So I highly recommend checking that out. It may not be for everybody like it. You might not love it, um, but give them a try and maybe it's a new podcast to add to your list. I haven't spoke with them. They haven't spoke with me. This isn't a paid sponsorship or anything like that. I was actually pretty deep into the research for this story before I actually found out that she had a podcast. Now I'm really excited to go and give that a listen. There's also a documentary and a movie. I believe the movie came out in 2021 um, called Escaping Captivity, the Kara Robinson story. Kara is a keynote speaker, an advocate, an author, an executive producer, and then obviously, like I said, a podcast host. So she definitely has a lot of things going on, very present in social media. Um I'm assuming she got married because she now goes by the name Kara Robinson Chamberlain. And she does have a website where you can find all of her, you know, upcoming speaking gigs, find her book, movie, documentary, everything. You can find all the details about her at KaraRobinsonChamberlain.com. So pretty easy, just kind of her name there. And then you can find all of her stuff there. So definitely check her out for sure. Well, I'm going to say I did get more enjoyment out of this story than I normally do with our stories. Yes. I just feel like I hate that this happened to her, but like, look where she's at now. And it's like she stumbled into this situation and then she helped catch a serial killer who then killed himself. Yes. And also, it does seem that since all of this happened, she's been able to help several other women who have been survivors of domestic abuse, sexual assault, things like that. I didn't really look too much into how much she's been helping other people and how many people she's helped and in what ways she has. Obviously, uh, her and Kimberly, their podcast alone is aimed at helping survivors of things like that. Um, So I think that's wonderful. Um, My actual starting point for this episode was after you covering the kidnapping of Bobby Greenlease last week, I wanted to cover a kidnapping, but where the person survived. That was that was kind of my jumping off point for looking for this research. And then I came across the story of Kara Robinson. And then just the more and more I dug and then the things that I saw that she's been doing out in the world that mm-hmm. seems so good. You know, she's got a good social media presence. She's got, you know, TikTok and Instagram, um, you know, her podcast, her book, the movie, all of that stuff. Uh, she definitely seems like a very positive person. Yeah. Um, and anybody who listens to us who hasn't heard of her, like, I'm very glad to introduce you to her and her content because she seems like 
a wonderful person from the research that we've done. But that is it for the story of Kara Robinson. Well, I mean, that was a great ending. One of the best endings we've ever had. For sure. So are you ready to read a couple emails? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so the first of the three emails is from Gary. Hey guys, I just wanted to drop you a quick note to say that I'm enjoying the podcast. Found you through Let's Not Meet when Andy told his listeners about the name mix-up with the podcast and said that you guys were super cool about it and urged us to give a listen. Started listening just to see and stuck around. Just a quick note on the Bobby Greenleaf episode. Lime, in this case, refers to quick lime, not the fruit. Lime is a white caustic alkaline substance consisting of calcium oxide, which is obtained by heating limestone and which combines with water with the production of much heat, also referred to as quicklime. It doesn't preserve anything. It actually speeds up decomposition of the body. Yeah, when Chris read me that the other night, I was like so excited that somebody sent us an email first off, and then I was really excited to learn something. So thank you. Yeah, I love that somebody corrected us. Like, that's <laughs> so cool. One of our. Yeah, because I really didn't know what that meant. I remember when you were telling the story, I was like, that doesn't sound right. A bunch of lime juice, but I didn't know for sure. So I didn't want to like say anything then. But after- it sounded weird to me, but they were very crazy people. So mm-hmm. <laughs> afterwards, um, I did want to mention to you that it did sound weird and kind of look it up and double check and I actually forgot because we we were just so busy so to get that email was uh, really cool one of our favorite podcasts to listen to is called Time Suck and at the end of every episode he goes over some emails and stuff like that and a lot of them are people correcting him or sending him additional information and stuff like that so it was cool to have somebody email us and correct us I feel honored and welcomed to the Me podcast too. community <laughs> thank you for that All right, so here is the second email, which also calls out your mistake in a very polite way. This is from Franny, and it's titled Appreciation Email. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, my name is Franny, and I came from Let's Not Meet. I now look forward to listening each week and have added the show to my weekly listening. I would love to start a podcast or write a book one day, so it's neat to see someone around my age making it happen. I was curious about the lime on the body and decided to see what I could find. Already sounds very investigative. Sounds like you'd be great. (laughs) Sounds like they're going to be a detective. I found that it is not the fruit, but limestone, and it is believed to decompose the body quicker and disguise the smell. I'm sure these searches will flag me, but the more you know, right? (laughs) Much love. (laughs) Oh, man, you do not want to see my search history (laughs) for this podcast. I feel like the FBI probably has a list of podcasters and it's just like <laughs> these people all have flagged results, but their careers check out. Just don't worry about it. I don't know. I feel like every podcast, every true crime podcast that I've ever listened to at some points like, oh, man, I'm definitely on a list now. As if anyone cares. <laughs> all right. And then the last email that I have is from JD, one of our patrons. Hey, Kelsey and Chris, this is JD from Patreon. I figured I would send an email because this is a longer message. Thank you so much for taking my comment about the trigger warning seriously. It means a lot that you listened and that you care. I listen to a lot of podcasts and the fact that y'all are so responsive and open to feedback is really great. 
The thing I love so much about your podcast, aside from the fun banter and life stories you both tell, is the mix of different topics you cover. I have some podcasts that I listen to for true crime, some I listen to for scary stories, and some I listen to for creepy pasta style stuff. It's wonderful to have a place where I energy know exactly what I'm getting when <laughs> I knew episode drops. It's okay, JD. I make mistakes too. <laughs> And so does Kelsey with Limes. Oh, thanks. I also wanted to say, make sure you don't get overwhelmed by the podcast. Some of the topics you cover can be pretty intense. And I know y'all bust your butts working lots of hours every week. I love three episodes a week, but I always... I can't read. I love three episodes a week, but always know if you need to miss because you're sick or busy or overwhelmed, that's totally fine. The key is communication. I know you don't have socials for the podcast. We have an Instagram and Twitter, but we haven't been using it as much as we should. <laughs> uh, we do have an Instagram and I guess it's an X, but not Twitter. I need to start linking them in the descriptions of our episode, but I haven't got around to that yet because we don't post on there enough <laughs> yet. Anyway, back to the message. Which is totally fine. That's a lot to manage. It definitely is. But I would suggest making a quick 30 second episode you could drop if you're missing an episode just a quick hey we're going to be missing today's episode for due to unforeseen circumstances <laughs> catch you on the next one you don't have to explain in that post just you don't have to explain in that post just watch up with listeners when you next post an episode i kind of i get what he's saying i don't know exactly Maybe what just, like, word he meant to put there the audience but yeah he was saying like if you have to miss an episode, you don't have to explain yourself to the audience, but just let us know that, you know, you'll be missing an episode. The quickest way podcasts lose listeners is missed episodes without communication. I love the show. You're both so sweet and genuine, and I can't wait to see the show grow and all of the amazing things to come. Your fan, JD. Well, thank you. We love you. Yes, we loved that message. Sorry I called out all your typos, but it was enjoyable. I loved it. <laughs> I wasn't doing it to make fun of you. I was doing it because it was great. <laughs> I love typos. Typos is like one of the funniest things. To My me. favorite thing is when you can't tell what a comment is trying to say. Oh, yeah. Like a Facebook comment or <laughs> YouTube comment or something. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, funny enough. One of the things that I love is most of the people that uh, message in saying that they love the podcast. One of the things they love is like our banter and our life stories and stuff. I know exactly what you're, but what you're going with this. What's really funny is there's a Q&A section on Spotify. And look, let me tell you guys, I've realized we, we put maybe combined maybe 12 to 15 hours a week into the podcast right now. But I can easily see how a podcast could take up 40 to 50 hours a week if we had the time to put in it between like what JD said, trying to manage socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, make sure you're getting uploaded to all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, you know, make sure you're writing good descriptions for your episodes. Um, if you add a video element and you're creating thumbnails to put it on YouTube. There's so much stuff that can be done yeah, with podcasting. Yeah, definitely. You can fill a work week easily. Easily. One of the things that is available is the Q&A section on Spotify, and it has a default question, what did you think of this episode? And people leave us some replies on there, and there are some really nice ones. Um, one of them said, this dude talks way too much about himself. Barely any stories, just him talking about himself. <laughs> 
And I thought that was really funny. And, you know, a few episodes back, I talked about how, like, you kind of have to find your people in this world. Everybody thinks that there's no one like them out there, but there's actually a lot of people very similar to you more than you would think. There's probably millions of people similar to you out in the world. So if you just be yourself, like you can probably find your community of people. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to be ourselves. Hey, they're totally entitled to their opinion and maybe we're not the podcast for them. And that's totally okay. Our podcast doesn't have to be for everybody, but we're not going to change who we are. We're still going to be ourselves because it seems like that's what a lot of you love anyway. And uh, I think that just speaks to the message I gave a few weeks ago about, hey, be yourself and just find your people. That was so well said. All right. Well, after all of that, I think this is the end of the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you want to send us an email, be sure to send it to be careful out there podcast at gmail.com. JD had actually messaged me on Patreon to let me know that he had sent in the email and I had never got it. He sent it to be careful out there pod. So be ah. careful out there podcast at gmail.com. I need to also put the email in the description so people can just copy and paste. If you really want to help the podcast and help support us, the best thing you can do is leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you'd like ad-free episodes, you can check out our Patreon linked down below. And give us a follow if you want a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as always, be, be careful, careful out, out there. there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.